Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. Today's guest is Kristen with an Oklahoma-owned creative cannabis company. Tribe is a vertically integrated company with a focus on solventless extraction along with crafting intentional cannabis products. We're super excited to get to know her along with the brand and her journey. So please welcome Kristen, Chief Operating Officer to, of Tribe to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Kristen. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks thank you so here. much for just taking time out of your busy day, I know, and your schedule <laughs> to come chat with us. I'm, I Always appreciate have time that. For you guys. Thank you so much. So let's just be, start from the beginning. And will you tell us where the first time was that you remember like consuming cannabis and what your experience is like? Uh, so I've listened to your previous episodes. Okay. And I kind of knew that you guys were going to start with this. <laughs> and, um, Honestly, my first experience with cannabis was kind of lackluster. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I uh, it, I smoked a joint. I got couch lock. And that was me, too. And I smashed some Mexican food. <laughs> and then that was kind of the extent of it. Um, Do you remember how old you were? Um, I was in college. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in a pretty conservative home. Okay. Um, cannabis was not around. Um, I was an athlete, so I didn't really put anything in my body growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of athlete were you? Uh, well, I, I grew up playing softball. Okay, cool. But, uh, my dad is a, a college athlete, and so we played a little bit of everything. Yes, if I you can imagine. Named it, I, I played it. Yeah, <laughs> because your dad, too. Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. Naturally. And he always wanted to be your coach. And, yeah. yeah. You know. Always wanted to make you good at things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it taught me a lot of structure. It taught me a lot of other things. Yeah. So yeah. I'm did grateful you, for it. Did you grow up in Oklahoma? I did. Born and raised. What part of Oklahoma? Um, so my family is originally from eastern Oklahoma. Okay. But um, I, when I started school and stuff, I've been in the Oklahoma City area. I went to Westmore. Okay, okay cool. cool. Right on. Yeah. Oh, that is. So what over the years has attracted you to cannabis and like why has it stayed in your life? So it's funny. I personally, I've not really had a relationship with cannabis mm-hmm. a, until I was an adult. Um, and my real, when you talk about my first experience with cannabis, um, I can't help but think back. So I really didn't have a lot of exposure to cannabis. Um, but when I was in law school, I worked for a um, criminal judge. Mm-hmm. And in school, they have this mentor program, and uh, you check boxes and you decide, you know, what what it is that you're interested in. And uh, having been at the courthouse, I was I just checked cannabis. Like that wasn't really where I had originally intended to go. But mm-hmm. you know, let's just see what's out there. Yeah. I've seen a lot of um, you know people come through the court systems because of cannabis. Right. And so. Mm-hmm. I get paired up with a mentor and who just happens to be an attorney and one of the founding members of Tribe. Okay. Um, and uh, he, I didn't hear from him. So I, you know, it's coming time. We're supposed to be having these meetings. And I reach out to him on LinkedIn and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, we've got a deadline here. And when you're in law school, everything is like super structured. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm emailing him. He's like, whoa, I totally forgot. We're in the middle <laughs> of harvest and um, here's a pen. Why don't you come out here and, you can see the property and um, see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm in law school and I'm like, well, okay, so this random guy on LinkedIn gives me a pen. Right. Come out <laughs> to the middle of nowhere down this six mile dirt road and uh, you're gonna come see this cannabis harvest. And I'm like, everything about this feels wrong. Yeah, <laughs> very taboo. All feeling. the red flags are going up. Like, uh, should I go in the middle of nowhere with a stranger? I What's know, happening? Right? But it's an opportunity. I know, right? right. Yeah. So, of course, I'm like, eh, you're hungry when you're in law school. Yeah. I, I, okay, fine. I'm willing, I'll go, I'll do this. So, I'm giving all of my friends um, this pen, and I'm like, if I don't come back, this is where I'm going. Yeah. 
As um, you said. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I drive down a six-mile dirt road. Um, there's this, you know, fence that's, you know, tarp-lined because you can't see in because of regulations. Okay. And so it's already a little bit intimidating. And I get out there, and they have 80 acres of – and, wow. I mean, this is at the beginning of harvest, so these fields are full mm, of – Beautiful. 13-foot Christmas trees. Wow. <laughs> wow. And for someone who has no – concept wow. or relationship yeah. with cannabis mm-hmm. the first plant that you ever see is bigger than the one that you decorate in your house at christmas time yeah right? it was um impressive that's so mm-hmm. cool um, that was your like first experience with that yes. <laughs> yeah so um when you ask about the first time that i've consumed it's way more eventful to talk about the first time that i actually saw a cannabis plant wow that's such a cool experience it, i'd like i know just blindly throwing yourself in there I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Obviously, something right. Because I'm you're, like, working you for that company, for oh, that yeah. person you went to visit. Yeah. <laughs> like. And, um, I mean, he was really honest. He was like, "We, you know, I don't do what it is that you think that maybe you want to do, but I, you know, I can, you can meet people in the agency. I know people at OMA. Um, if cannabis is even remotely something that you're interested in. Um, and then by the time that I was leaving, <laughs> we were already having conversations about, well, why don't you come run compliance for us? So... It lined up. Um, I came from an oil and, ga- an oil and gas background, okay. which is heavily regulated. Yeah. So um, it, now, being in the industry, I recognize that it was completely different because those regulations are have been set in stone for like 20 years. Yeah. And every six months, we get new re- regulations. Mm-hmm. But um, it it you know it made made it had I had a path or a way. Yeah. Of getting in. Yeah. Keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? Sure it sure does. Six months it made regulation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how would you say that cannabis, cannabis has been an ally in your life? And what do you what do you personally medicate for? So I have anxiety. Um, I have a little bit of OCD. So mm-hmm. when things don't go right, I have a tendency to get heightened. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. So um, any mom will tell you that when you fall asleep at night, you're you're body is turning off but your brain is not Mm -hmm. yeah and so um I don't sleep well most of my cannabis consumption is in the evening time after everything's said and done um it helps with anxiety um and to kind of free my worrying thoughts I guess is the best way to put it no that's good I can totally relate to that and I'm sure it helps with just everything in life and yes can imagine having I don't have a kid but being a mother (laughs) being a single mother and then wanting to wind down absolutely yeah what's your uh go-to way to smoke like what's your I'm a flower girl flower girl yeah do you like to roll your own or do you like them pre-rolled um well I do both okay Um, girl I mean, tribe, we have free rolls, so yes. of course I do yes. both. which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I can roll my own, uh-huh. but now I'm just a cone stuffer. Hey. It's, you know. Easy. It's more about, I mean, it's more about what I'm putting in the, in mm-hmm. the cone. Yes, For sure. I agree. Yeah. So. yeah. At least you, I, I haven't made it to the roll. I don't roll. <laughs> Stop the rolls. But there's an art to it for sure. There yes. is. There's yeah. an art to it. And I'm not like, I feel like I like, um, like dabs or concentrates. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I obviously flower first. I feel like over everything, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just different when you get into dab and concentrates. Cause I'm not, I'm just smoking the flower that's around me from whoever I'm around, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not like rolling it up on my own mm-hmm. or like, you know, st- stuffing a cone. I'm just like, Oh, well if you light one up. And I have always been that way. Yeah. It wasn't until like, I would say probably in the last year that I even learned, like I got a machine and I, yeah. Oh, those machines are so nice. You don't have to do a lot. Once you figure out the machine, it's like, and it's done. Two seconds later. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's what I need. That's what I've been saying. (laughs) So what is your go-to like guilty pleasure munchie? Like if you had to choose. Oh my gosh. So I'm a savory person. Okay. But when I'm smoking, mm-hmm. it's like savory first and then always ice cream. Okay. So okay. <laughs> and then all ice cream. The <laughs> so what flavor ice cream do you go to? Uh, I like to build ice cream. I'm a very Whoa, big Sunday okay. maker. Yeah. Whoa. So uh, we always start with uh, vanilla ice cream. Yes. And it has to be bluebell. It has to be like homestyle vanilla. And then anything that you can throw on top of it, I've probably done. So what has been your latest creation? What was the last one that you made? Um, So I am really into um, like breaking up cookies or breaking up candy. Mm -hmm. And then like a scoop of peanut butter. Ooh. Ooh. With your ice cream. Uh, That is the sundae. Oh, okay. So yeah. there's not actual vanilla ice cream in there. No, no, no. Okay. No, there is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. On top of the yeah. sundae. That's like the toppings on top. Oh, okay. It's like a Sunday buffet. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, that's fun. Do you? Is it a daughter you have? I do. I have a daughter. Yeah. I bet that's fun to do together. Does um, she? Does she do that too? Yes. So oh. she's a big ice cream fan. She's the sweet. I'm the savory. So. Okay, that's a, a good balance. balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect balance. You get both best yeah. of both worlds. But she'd eat a chocolate shake every night if I'd let her. Yeah, yeah I can't say I blame her. Brahms. So I know good. that's especially if you get it with soft serve. Ooh, we've okay. not done that. So here's a cheat code for all you Oklahoma and non-Oklahoma listeners that know Brahms. If you get your ice cream with soft serve, like, or your milkshakes, which I'll do sometimes. So obviously, like, a cookies and cream you can't do. But, like, um, if I get a banana milkshake, mm-hmm. I'll do it with soft serve. And it's a lot lighter on my stomach. Ah, and it tastes okay. so much better. Okay. So if you get, like, a twist... You could do a twist milkshake. Yeah. I like those. But if you do a chocolate milkshake, I'll do it with like soft serve instead Okay, we're of, trying it tonight. Yeah. Soft <laughs> serve. Or if you do like, I think you can do soft, like you can do chocolate with a little bit of like soft serve vanilla, which is really good because then it adds like the vanilla cream, which you may as well just do a twist at that point. But anyways, <laughs> it's my rant. <laughs> so speaking of family, all family dynamics can be different. Is your family supportive of what you do and the role you play in the company in the cannabis space and just everything? Because, I mean, your life isn't cannabis, but your career is. And I know that people tend to blend career and person together as one. Um, So what's that like with your family? What's that dynamic like? If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. Um, so I... It's changed, right? So um, since before everything was legal... Um, I know that my family was 100% not on board because, you know, we're just kind of rule followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. conservative. Yeah. Um, me being an attorney, same concept. Right. I can mm-hmm. understand that. Um, but I do, I mean, so family is important to me. Um, two of my brothers actually work for Tribe. So. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a family cool. affair. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Three, so you have three brothers three and you're brothers. the only girl. I am. Okay, yeah, are you the nice. youngest, oldest? I'm the oldest. Okay, okay. It's like wrangling cats growing up. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet. Wow. Boys are built differently. They are. <laughs> especially if you're the only. Yes. Are especially built differently. Yes, they sure are. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say. You're strong you're, and you're yeah. tough and you're all yes. the things. All the things because they put you through the ringer in oh, all yeah. sorts of ways, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you asked an interesting question earlier about how cannabis was an ally in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking about consumption in general, but um, because I am who I am, um, and sorry. That's okay. It's all good. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Busy woman. Well, when you're a mom, you kind of leave that thing. Yeah, out. it's yeah. okay. I get it. Um, but we're, uh, sorry, I lost my, my train of thought. You were saying um, Oh, so ally. I've always kind of grown up with a, a strong voice, mm-hmm. right? And um, being an attorney, you know, you're empowered to use your voice. Um, but there are certain aspects in certain fields where – um, men are more you know, prevalent mm-hmm. in the right. industry and um, cannabis being an ally to me is that I, I've not really found that there are um, barriers for women mm-hmm. in business in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the smart ones move, the cream rises, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what your background is. Because there's so many different people in the cannabis industry who came from all different Absolutely. kinds of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you're generous with your knowledge and you ha- are eager to learn, right. um, the community will embrace you. Yeah. And so, you're so right about yeah, that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, that's a good observation. We have a really supportive community. Shout out to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> okay, so if you could paint the perfect day for yourself, Kristen, with like no work responsibilities or stress, where would you be? What would you be doing? You could literally be anywhere. Um, well, so I attempted to embrace this um, last year. So I'm, one of my favorite places to be is outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, because we have an outdoor grow, if you yeah. go towards the end of the summer um, in the evening time, mm-hmm. um, our grow is not set up like, you know, big commercial grow where it's one field all along. Um, we're in eastern Oklahoma. We're on um, the Canadian River Valley. So um, it's just really peaceful to be there in the evenings, kind of around sunset. Um, it's like walking through a vineyard mm-hmm. of cannabis. Yeah. Yes. Around sunset. Yeah. But that's gorgeous out so, there. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do at the end of like a, a summer day on the farm is definitely to grab a joint, grab your peers, 
walk through the fields, look at your babies, yeah. kind of take stock of what you, you know, all the hard work that you're putting in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be, that is one of my favorite things to do. That's cool. That's solid. That's very fulfilling too, I'm sure. Yeah. Like the fruits of your labor. Yeah, yeah for it, sure. And just being is. surrounded by them. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. So flipping the script a little bit in your own words, Kristen, who are you and what do you do? Mm, who am I? Well, um, like Sob said earlier, sometimes your career begins to define you. And, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that of myself, but um, I do think that uh, my role in Tribe, I'm the COO at Tribe, I, um, I'm over both, so I don't know if people know this about Tribe, but we are actually two companies. We have the farm, which is Tribe Collective, mm-hmm. and then we have our headquarters here in Oklahoma City, which is Tribe Edibles. Um, and my role is to basically run operations over both of them. Okay. Um, I am mostly over, you know, people and processes, Mm -hmm. the people side, I manage HR aspect of things. And then from the process side, it's just more about, um, putting the right people in the right places, putting the experts where they belong and then helping them execute those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the fulfilling part of my role is, um, for me, is being able to be, to utilize my position to be able to kind of pour back in to mm-hmm. the people that yeah. we have. So helping, I came, I came from a very structured background. I'm, I, you know, I was an attorney. I was in business for 10 years. A lot of the people that are, you know, the most brilliant and brightest in our industry, you know, don't, weren't exposed to the same things that I was exposed to. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can come together, which I think that that's what we're doing at Tribe is, you know, we, we brought in the most brilliant and brightest people and the experts in their field, whether it be in marketing or whether it be in the kitchen as a chef or our, you know, our female grower out at the farm, Mm -hmm. um, they bring the expertise and then I bring the business. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then the other piece of that, you know, working on the HR side, um, because I did come from a business background and I recognize that a lot of the businesses in cannabis aren't necessarily structured like businesses. Yeah. They're kind of just startups. Yeah. Um, you don't get the benefit of um, that structure that I'm used to. So a lot of people don't have benefits. You know, they right. don't have PTO. They mm-hmm. don't have the things that direct deposit even. Like that was one of the first things that we were seeing in the industry. Um, so by having exposure to those things and understanding what you know, corporate America utilizes to keep good people, to get good people. Um, we've been able to kind of incorporate a lot of that in our um, in our business, um, one of which I guess I will talk about one of the programs that I'm um, most excited about for our business that we've kind of implemented is. Um, so Oklahoma, if you're familiar with Sooner Care, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Oklahoma provides a state-funded health care system for people who don't have access to health care. But once you move into the, um, like, a business side of things, so if you're employed by a business who offers health care, Obamacare looks different for you. Um, so there is a tobacco settlement mm-hmm. that from that tobacco settlement comes a program called Insure Oklahoma, which is a state, not fully funded, but a subsidized program for people who make, um, you know, minimum wage, below minimum wage, slightly above minimum wage, who are excluded from public health care like Sooner Care, um, small companies, startup companies can opt into this program called Insure Oklahoma, and um, they get top tier, because the state requires that you provide the highest level of, like, say you're using Blue Cross Blue Shield, okay. mm-hmm. the highest level has to be offered to that employee at a subsidized price. So okay. not, you know, not only are we, um, you know, trying to get people in the industry. We also recognize that there are people like there are restrictions on what we can pay people in other ways. So how do we compensate and what does that look like as a startup? And Mm -hmm. one of the things that, you know, we've kind of explored through business background and experience and kind of understanding like the state and regulations and a little bit of law is that there are things within the state that we can tap into and ensure Oklahoma is Mm -hmm. one of them that kind of helps bring in good people, keep good people, um, along with that PTO program. Cool. That's really cool. I love to see cannabis companies focus more on, like, creating a career path for their employees. Absolutely. 
versus just hiring people to hire people. Agreed. Um, because this industry is great. Obviously, there's so much growth, but I think one of the big growing aspects, growing areas for businesses is to treat it like a business. And in that, also having the mentality of how can I create careers for my employees and not just like a temporary, not even that, because some people are in the industry for a long time, but it doesn't feel like a career path. It just mm-hmm. feels like right. I'm an assistant manager, manager of this dispensary, and then that's it. Like, I don't right. see a raise in, in the future. I don't see PTO. Like, I just am working just to work. And Absolutely. I think that's a big thing, and it's very admirable that you guys are doing that because not many people are moving like that in the industry Thank and you. that's so important because in order for us to be, even as an industry, to be seen as like businesses, like mm-hmm. proper businesses by the government, that's a big thing is, you know. Oh, yeah. Being is recognized integrating, by the government yeah, is huge. It's yeah. integrating things like that and having HR teams. And, you know, maybe not everyone can afford that, but at least being mindful of it. And Absolutely. Especially as an owner, um, as a leader, I think that's so important because it's such a lack of in our industry that it's so cool to see you guys doing that and creating that for your people. Yeah, like, I feel like it's rare when you hear people be like, I have benefits, and I work for so-and-so, and and you're like, what? Really? Mm -hmm. They must take care of you. Like, it's kind (laughs) of like a, like, I don't know, a shocking thing to hear, I feel like. For me, or if I hear that from anybody, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people I know who work in the industry, like, they don't have benefits, or who they work for, they don't. They just know they're not guaranteed health care or, like, time or well taken care of time off like just time off period you know like they can't take longer than a weekend off or a day off or something like that but it's also because people put so much money into this you know people don't have enough money to be able to hire more people so it's like a bunch one person wearing the five different hats which obviously everyone moves differently and is able to but I mean, that wearing five different hats is kind of the MO of a startup. Mm-hmm. And to say that any business in like Oklahoma that's cannabis related is not a startup is is not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. If yeah. it is a true Oklahoma business. Now we have MSOs that come in and that's a little bit different because they're a developed business mm-hmm. that comes here. Right. But any Oklahoma company is is a startup. Yeah. And so there are heavy restrictions on, you know, where do you spend your capital? What are you yeah. doing with it? Um, cannabis is not cheap to grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, and if you're going to make a profit, then that's where you have to invest, but investing your people is also important. Yeah. yeah. And it's difficult for, um, I mean, as our business model looks different, right? Because mm-hmm. we have a grow, we have processing, we have manufacturing, um, and we didn't start there. And I think that that's kind of why we've been afforded to be able to utilize certain things or be able to place money in different places is because we're not a static company and there's not like the tribe that you see today is not the tribe that was here yesterday and Mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't the tribe that started I mean we started as a grow the plan was to have fresh frozen and we were just going to you know move it to market and let other people process it and you know you go through the growing pains of not being able to find a processor looking for splits or what you can do for yourself at that point yeah you we implement a processing facility and then it's cool to see the growth of where you came from to what you've worked up to yeah yeah so um you know I don't I'm I'm losing my train of thought here but more than anything it's just that um if you we've been fortunate to be able to offer those kinds of things more or less because we've not been static in our business. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. As the point. industry grows, we change our business model. There was, you know, yeah, high and mighty dreams of being just this one thing, but, you know, we we grow with the industry. What, mm-hmm. Whatever the industry needs, whatever the industry's looking for, that's kind of, we've, been, we've always been, had the, um, I don't know, we've been lucky enough. Yeah. We've had the backing. Mm-hmm. We've had the right minds in place. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been able to kind of, adapt yeah I think that's a big you key guys created a solid and, yeah. foundation it, it seems like too yeah that. and so I'm really excited we're expanding our lab um and now you know we've we've spent the last year really dialing in our brand mm-hmm. um if there was a mistake to be made we've made it mm-hmm. um but um you know anytime that uh one of the things that I think is 
kind of made an impression on our businesses. We were, you know, trying to get off the ground when COVID was happening. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing that you could get done internationally. There was, you know, even in different states was really difficult. Logistics was hard. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things that we kind of learned is that, um, you know, even like design time in general, takes six months, right? Like, why don't we bring design in-house? Or why don't we look for domestic packaging? Or um, that's kind of how we ended up, you know, with our print shop. Mm -hmm. We have a print shop now in-house. It's kind of like, well, you don't have an outlet for it. You don't have, or it's extremely expensive to have that outlet. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see what we can do about getting it done internally. So that's kind of how we've, honestly, I think our business model is, well, do we need it? Let's try to find it. Let's try to make it. It's kind of like, yeah. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. That's I feel like that's solid. Also, just creating a solution to the problem that you have. And it's like, it's investing up front for faster time like you said you know lead times like even now like everyone's prepping for the Chinese New Year because they know that China's closed down for a month so is that coming yeah based on (laughs) based on our Christmas and then you know that happening it's like well you have to put your orders in now to be able to get them in February or what you know whatever the case may be so you guys have kind of cut that middleman out because time is also money. So if you're spending that money up front, that cuts down your time, which obviously leads to you making money faster in my mind. So like, but not everyone thinks like that. Uh, well, and it also takes like, I mean, you, you're talking about financial backing that has to exist. Yes, and a lot of, of people course. aren't going to financially back you if you just are like, well, we're just going to go with the flow and see where this happens. Yes. So we've been really lucky in ha- having trust that happens there. Um, so, but yeah, no, we honestly, like I, now that you mention it, when I was being facetious, when I said, is that happening? But we don't really have to worry about that. Yeah. Which is so nice. <laughs> right. Which is so nice. You guys don't have to worry about that. that. Because I know so many other people are gearing up for it. Like I've been getting messages like, Hey, if you guys want to prep for it, I would start doing it now. La, 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 la. And Absolutely. I'm like, okay, good yeah. to know. Good to know. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So with that being said, where did the idea of Tribe come from? Like, do you remember the moment when you guys just, when you decided to be a part of like a can or part of Tribe? Well, so I was not a founding member of Tribe. Okay. Tribe existed before I, before I ever did. So the day that I walked on that farm, it had already been running for two, like that was their second season. Okay. Um, So I can't really speak to the idea of Tribe, but I do know that there's like this ethos of Tribe that's kind of always existed. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally there were, you know, five founding partners. They all came from different backgrounds. Um, They were each bringing a piece of their expertise to the business. And, you know, you've heard me talk about our business, so you can kind of understand that that's even bled through to today, you know, yeah. always finding the expertise in a certain field and bringing them in. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, when you talk about tribe being a name or a logo or whatever, um, it's, I mean, that kind of represents what they've done, right? You bring people in who are different. They become this family with the same, like, ideas, the same ethos, the same yeah. culture, and you embrace it, and then you just move Right, through, and you're right? building trust. You're building all Absolutely. these things while it's happening, which is mm-hmm. making everything externally good, like, yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, And they genuinely become your family members. Yeah, mm-hmm. And while I do have two brothers that work for me, I also have peers and uh, coworkers who now have become my family. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So what's the, like, you've been with Tribe long enough for you to know, but every brand has a personality, and you know, as you guys have evolved as a company, I'm sure your brand has evolved as well because you guys don't seem like the type of people to stay stagnant. So <laughs> what, how has your brand personality involved and what would you say like tribes personality or what they're trying to get across to like a consumer like me? Okay. So I think that there are a few things. Um, we have been lucky enough to be able to mass produce and to put things out there. But what I don't think people understand behind our our um, brand is that we're actually producing quality items. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it started early on, and I know you mentioned when you were talking about tribe being solventless, we are both, we have both a butane lab and a solventless lab, mm -hmm. but anytime that we're doing anything, quality is our main concern. So like we are one of the last processors or brands who are still pushing um, live material, which basically means that we pull it straight from the field, mm -hmm. we bucket, we trim it down a little bit, and we're washing as close to the natural plant as you can get. And I mean, if you know anything about like, and I'm sure both of you do, the curing process has mm -hmm. a has this ability to um, mess with the terpenes, right? Like mm -hmm. you get less terpenes from a cured product than you do a live product. So when we talk about what Tribe's producing, yes, we have our solventless lab and we have our, our BHO lab, but we are always and have always been most concerned about medicine, mm -hmm. about, um, you know, getting being more than just getting high and about actually putting a quality product in the um, in the jar. So yeah, regardless yeah. of the price that you're paying, because we are flexible and we will roll with whatever the mm -hmm. um, industry needs or whatever the industry is asking for, that's one thing that we don't compromise on. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of the reason that I'm here. You know, compliance is huge. Mm -hmm. And as you know, um, the law and... <laughs> You know, it doesn't always mesh with yes, business. Yes. Um, so there are ways to cut corners legally um, to produce a product that's not compliant. And, and you know, it's just um, quality is mm -hmm. kind of what we've always been focused on. Um, originally, our tagline was um, farm kitchen community, mm -hmm. which is kind of still where we are. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's actually defining kind of where our company has now going. Mm -hmm. You know, we started with a farm. We needed an outlet. We brought in the kitchen. We, you know, we're, we've kind of established our brand at this point. Um, and now we're kind of taking our next turn mm -hmm. in our business. You know, we talk about how we've brought so many things in house and we have the ability to do all these things for ourselves. And we're, we're realizing that that's, that's great and all, but, um, you know, when you talk about the next step, which is farm kitchen community, mm -hmm. how, what is it that we can do for the community? Well, um, we've dialed in our brand. We've made all of the mistakes on our, mm -hmm. our stuff. Um, we're, we're pretty happy with where we are mm -hmm. and we're starting a new, you know, this next leg in the business, which is just basically offering the things that we've dialed in here domestically, home, locally, um, to other people in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. because no, we do recognize that not every brand has the flexibility that right. we have, or they're relying on the Chinese New Year mm -hmm. and getting yeah. in early enough. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that um, what, what would I say to people that I want them to know about Tribe is that while we are out there and we are attempting to do our best to be visible it's not necessarily what you're seeing on the outside because the packaging is beautiful mm -hmm. but what's really in there is is quality yeah so you speak of quality so let's talk about like when you guys because obviously you guys have gone through different products that you guys have come out with and tri trial and error oh, and yeah so all of them <laughs> now you say you you guys have made all the mistakes so we now have. that you're in the place that you were at what's like new products look like and what's that look like when you're actually bringing it to market prior to to really tailor it down and really coming up with something that you know patients will like because I mean obviously you've been in this long enough to know that it's hard to tell what patients will like because every week it's something different almost oh, yeah so how do you guys come up with like engineering a product that is you know is one going to be the quality you're you have to dial it down and you know that's going to be a smash with patients so the quality is never an issue I feel like when we're talking about our own stuff right yeah because we have ensured that you know from the moment it was planted as a seed mm -hmm. or a clipping that was taken it's planted in the right stuff it's given the right nutrients it comes all the way through mm -hmm. clean hands it looks great on the legal side because we know that we're not tampering with it on that side. So the quality piece is not really the, the issue per se. Mm -hmm. when we're talking about what we're putting in our own products when we're vetting products for other people, because we do white labeling mm -hmm. and we do make other products for other people. So mm -hmm. that's also talking about bringing cannabis in. That's not ours into our own building. Yeah. And, you know, we vetting what mm -hmm. actually goes in your medicine is by far the most important piece of that. Um, talking about ideas and how does that come to fruition. Um, we occasionally do like a 4.30, shut the building down, everybody go home a little bit early, 
um, some of the higher level um, management comes into a room. We might all smoke a joint together and we just mm -hmm. have like a creative session That's cool. where That's really the best. Mm -hmm. we stop talking about like what's stressing us out for the day, but what can we what's inspiring us for the day mm -hmm. or yeah um and it's a lot of feedback it's mm -hmm. a lot of feedback we have a lot of people in a lot of important places you know our sales reps are out there they're seeing what's going on um they tell you know they provide feedback on pricing mm -hmm. what the what's moving what's not um it's listening to <laughs> it's listening to the the patients mm -hmm. and as a business owner any business owner will know like if you want to uh take a mental beating, then you go to Reddit, right? <laughs> so, geez, yeah. so, <laughs> but oh, those, those comments matter too. They do, yes, I they, know. Um, they do. Uh, so yeah, we, yeah, I'll They'll rock your boat sometimes if you let them. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you have to have a tough skin you to do. get out yes. there. But yeah. um, sometimes that's the kind of feedback that, I mean, whether they intend it to be constructive or not, mm -hmm. like that, it, it matters. And yeah. we listen, we are listening. We're, well, I guess we're and reading. Yeah. Yeah. But that's most, that's important too. Yeah. You know, I the think that's a that big, big factor of it is if you're listening, be willing you're to listen. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're, totally. if even if you're taking in that negative feedback, it's like, okay, well that person had a reason to say it. It may not be right, but let's just take account to why they maybe said it and see, try to, you know, maybe see if we can figure something out to make it something that, not this one specific person enjoys, but you know, maybe we can twist Absolutely. our arm a little bit. So it's definitely, you definitely have to have thick skin to be in this industry because oh, I sure. feel like people are so quick to just like blast on the internet, especially Reddit. And sometimes <laughs> I'll go through Reddit like super late at night when I'm really high and I'm like, I just get lost in comments. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like who has the time to sit here and just like, write this stuff you but know but they find the time they sure do <laughs> and they're gonna and let the everybody troll, know, know. <laughs> trolls stay trolling yeah but we're listening to you trolls yeah the <laughs> trolls matter too okay they do. They do. so making your mark here in Oklahoma what would you say tribe is like best known for like what would what is your best seller your best moving product like um, what puts tribe on the map I would so numbers wise um tribe is you know one of the top pre-roll companies out there mm -hmm. in sales, maybe not like what, you know, people are, you know, calling the, Oh, this is the dopest right. yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, from a sales perspective, yeah. mm -hmm. we, we provide, um, we, the whole state with lots of joints. Yeah. Um, uh, so if you don't have joint jars on your shelf and you don't have dog walkers on your shelf, <laughs> then, you know, yeah. are you really carrying drive? Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So what do you love most about working for like a solid company like Tribe and the people that you get to law, like work alongside with? Um, it is, you know, we talk about that family mentality mm -hmm. and it literally, these people are my family. And it's funny because, you know, I am by, I am one of the older people <laughs> in my company. Yeah. Um, so I refer to my staff sometimes uh, in passing and not really knowing, but like my kids, right? Yeah. So the kids are all back at work and they're working really hard or whatever. <laughs> um, or the boys, right? Like, right. Are, you know, my guy managers that are out there hustling, doing the, their things. Like, uh, the, what are the boys doing today? Mm -hmm. um, so I, my most favorite thing is that it is a space where people want to work together mm -hmm. because to be in this industry, you have to want to you do, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Not only because, you know, sometimes there are those financial stressors, but there's also a social stigma that comes with it. There yes. is, yeah. Um, so you have to want to be in it, mm -hmm. um, and everyone there does. But then the other piece that we were talking about, and it, cannabis in general is embracing of all people. Mm -hmm. And so it is a place where I find that my, you know, my strong feminism or mm -hmm. my liberal thoughts or, you know, whatever it is that um, I'm feeling that day, they don't you know, they're embraced or, mm -hmm. you know, someone's listening or, um, no one's judging. Yeah, That's the main thing. It's important to have yeah. people around you where you feel like you can say whatever, like yeah. in front of, but then, you know, they receive you well. Well, yeah. and the dialogue's always open, right? Like yeah. just because, um, you know, I might be on this more liberal side. We still have people that are, I'm yeah. surrounded with that are still pretty conservative. But mm -hmm. you need a little balance yeah. to be mm -hmm. able to see a little bit differently sometimes. Absolutely. So that's cool. That's so have that. how do you go, you've talked about the people at Tribe a lot yes. and you are head of HR which I'm assuming you play a big part in hiring people and who gets to be a part of Tribe so what is what's a big part of like mindfulness or focus or intention that you guys have when you bring people on 
to Tribe and like the culture that you've now created at your company? Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. Um, so shameless plug, we are hiring. <laughs> so hey, there you this go. This next part's important to listen to. <laughs> um, so what do we look for in people? Um, so I, it's important to remember that this industry is not very old. So um, the people who are experts in this industry are not going to look like new hires mm -hmm. in a traditional industry. They have backgrounds. They have, um, I, I mean, that's just the best way to put it. They have backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, so that is not always some. That is not always our first go-to. We run a background check on everybody because mm -hmm. obviously that's the legal aspect of it. But just understanding that there are people that come from different walks of life, mm -hmm. and that that shouldn't exclude you from being able to be part of a business that you love or that you've embraced for so many years. Um, but the thing, like I would tell anybody that would want to apply it uh, at Tribe or wants to work for Tribe is you can learn to do anything. Mm -hmm. Almost anybody can learn to do anything. So hiring people that fit our tribe, mm -hmm. you know, find your tribe, fit your tribe, um, that is going to be the first thing. Um, and then I always, when I'm hiring people, I don't just ask them what it is that you want to do today because you will, you will be hired. If you get on, you'll be hired for this spot. But tell me what it is that you want to do forever or mm -hmm. in the next five years next 10 years I'm not asking for your five-year plan I'm just saying like what are you good at like where would like where would you like to go in this company because we do promote from within it's really rare mm -hmm. that we're hiring for any top position um, we almost start everyone out rolling joints <laughs> like that's just kind of where we start um and then there's always room for growth especially for, with a company like us where mm -hmm. we're not stagnant and we don't you know we're always doing something different um I think I and outside of one other employee, uh, the two, like, we've been there the longest in tenure. Um, and he started as a kitchen manager. Wow. And now he's running business development. Cool. And he is by far the one of the most brilliant people we have. He's the uh, guy behind Hashmals. Okay. So um, I, I think it's important to know that if you, you know, if you are a part of Tribe, that doesn't mean that you come in and then you just roll joints for the rest of your life or you're right. just a kitchen manager for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Like, you're a person. You matter. Where What you want to do and where you want to go is honestly where I think that you should go because I could hire you for compliance manager and you could end up as COO. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Awesome. It's a good perspective to have as a business owner is, you know, creating that opportunity for your employees so they also don't stay stagnant because – Staying stagnant obviously sometimes can create friction. I mean, we've been yeah. in jobs and yeah. positions to where you don't get, there's no room for growth. Yeah. And then you're just there because you're a committed and loyal person. And you you're know, just a and body. then you're like, yeah. what? Mm -hmm. I'm worth way more than this. But, but commitment and loyalty are kind of, I mean, they're assets, right? Like, yeah. you don't reward assets. those assets. Yes. Yeah then you lose committed and loyal people. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about going in and pushing a button or rolling a joint right. or stuffing, capping and crowning. I mean, those are assets that they're bringing to the mm -hmm. table as well. That's part of their work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's important. So Kristen, you're also a mother. How do you personally like find that work-life balance with being in such a thriving, evolving industry? I am grateful that I have an independent daughter. <laughs> that is huge. Yes. Um, work-life balance. So... I am also lucky that Tribe is very family-oriented. Um, my daughter can come to work with me any day that she wants to. Oh, cool. And has. Um, uh, when we talk about cannabis and how we teach uh, our children what cannabis is, um, my daughter is fully aware that uh, cannabis is medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is, that's how we treat it when we go out into the field. If she, you know, we go out there, it's not, you know, it's not a drug. It's not recreation. It's not meant to just get you high. Like, those are not these things. And we really don't have those conversations. Yeah. It's about normalizing cannabis. Yeah. Right. Um, so 
um, where I go, she goes. That's kind of the work-life balance yes. I love that. when you're a single mom. Yeah. Um, but I think exposing people early on and normalizing things mm-hmm. um, removes stigma. Sure. Yeah. Um, I will tell you a funny story. So when my daughter was in kindergarten, um, on Mother's Day, they do these, like, really cute limericks. And it's like they ask their kids questions and they fill in the blanks. And it's like, my mom's age is – 29. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, sweetie. A short while ago, yes. Um, and then, you know, like, my mom's favorite thing to cook is, like, a, a hamburger at Brahms. Yeah, well, we do that, too. <laughs> so, um, but when asked about my job, uh, my daughter put that I make uh, grown-up popsicles with vitamins in them. Hey, that's Aww. a great response. That's and so I had cool. literally like, you, do you not see mommy as a lawyer? <laughs> You're like, honey, can we edit that? <laughs> no, popsicle. <laughs> and so her teacher calls and she's like, well, yeah. this is what's going on. And I'm like, that's. that's uh, but that's real. Yeah. It's yeah. life. And mm-hmm. she's she's telling you exactly the like the precious way you tell yeah. her you yeah. know it's like that it is what it is yeah, yeah. and when she smells terpenes and she's like "Ooh, what's that smell medicine yes yeah. it's yes. so cool to be to have conversations with people who have companies and they have kids now that are like not involved in their companies but they get to go to work with them but it's and not something you can hide yeah or that you without get to like hide. without even knowing it your kids are involved and like also without even knowing it this is a career option for them now and like, not that they want to do that, you know, not that, okay, not <laughs> so saying that she wants to do that. So my face is not a bad face, it's just like one of contemplation, yes, like, I don't is. even know. Yeah. Yeah, where we'll yeah. be. Where we'll be or what, but like, all that to say, it's just crazy that we live in a world now where you're, like, your kid has that opportunity if she ever wants to get into a cannabis space. And she's seen it from a medicinal standpoint, so yeah. like, even her coming into it is going to be so much more well-versed, knowledgeable, you know, like just, really just it is, it, 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 it's coming from a diff, like a way, like think about the first time you smoke to when the first time she's going right. to smoke and like, she's going to have so much more knowledge and be like ready, not, not ready, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like have that to where it was so different. We didn't grow us. up. We didn't grow up with that. None of that Absolutely. was normal. Yeah. But it's like, I have a niece and nephew who is like 10 years old and seven and I like definitely normalize, do my best to normalize cannabis with them around them. They know Mm. what I do. They know I consume and stuff, you know, but it's like, I feel like they're being armed with this knowledge that I don't know. It's a kind of, I don't, it's like a one up on other kids who don't know or something to me. Like I, (laughs) I feel like it's like the first to know may not always be the best to know. So you have to do some quality for sure. For sure. No. Yeah. yeah, I say that lightly, but I also feel like a lot of parents that we've talked to just over, over the four years we've been doing this, it's constant, like the parents who are open about their cannabis consumption or their business have really great relationships with their kids at a very young age of that open conversation. It's very educational so, yeah, from like and, the most of the time I hear it. Yeah, and even it. when it comes to like when they drink or, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things that they might get into, it's not that it's less likely, but the conversation's so open that like I feel like a lot of the parents that we've talked to have no worry about their kids or like, people ever getting on, into some shit because their kids are curious and yeah. they haven't been... Ex- exposed isn't the right word, but they haven't been... We've had people come on the podcast before and they like said like their relationship with like their parents growing up, it was like they weren't getting their hands slapped for cannabis or something. And, Mm -hmm. but like it is made, it like molded them in like a way of them not getting into other stuff. Like it, it's kind of like a trick. I don't know. Like I I feel like I've just seen it in different. different. You know, kid to kid is so different, but it's just, it's, it's interesting. I feel like that just, it just creates a different conversation because cannabis is seen such as a drug and like. You know, how parents, how you say, like, your career defines you, so you have to be comfortable being in cannabis. So when you Mm -hmm. go to your kid's school and it's like, what do you do? Well, I'm the COO of a cannabis company. And it's like, oh, cannabis? Yeah. You know, that stigma's still there. But she gets to be raised by you, a great mom in a thriving company who she gets to see as a businesswoman. And that cannabis stigma doesn't stick with her. I find it interesting that you say that because it is – you know, we don't really have a lot of, a lot of conversation around consumption mm-hmm. because that is not um, something that I do around her. Yeah. But so she will see it as a business. Yeah. She yeah. will see it as something mm-hmm. that's legitimate. And right. Um, it, <laughs> just like any other mom that's out there trying to run a, co- a, a company or mm-hmm. a startup, um, like 
she'll see the same struggles and she won't associate, you know, cannabis with mm-hmm. something that's not right. completely normal. Yeah. yeah. Which it's is cool. Good. I feel like yeah. I just admire like what I'm saying is I admire <laughs> yes. you and yes. what you're Thank doing you. with your kid yes. and like educating and being open, you know, it's just so important because I feel like sometimes people can be so like closed with that, with their mm-hmm. children, you know, or like, you know, you want to, I don't know. I think it's important to oh, I appreciate have that some lead ways. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard conversation. It's, it's a hard topic. Norm, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. Not something that normally totally. people want to do or, but because it is my job, like mm-hmm. it's a real conversation. You have to navigate to that yeah. and you have to figure out what feels the best mm-hmm. and yeah. what's going to resonate. But if you could go back and tell your younger self anything, Kristen, what would you say to her? Hmm. Do all the things. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've always been a rule follower, so I've never really done this. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that uh, the best advice I would have given myself is that um, you're like you're okay. It's okay to be who you are mm-hmm. um, because growing up, that's really a hard thing is to kind of find your identity and find who you are and. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always a lot of self-doubt, um, especially being a female who has a strong voice, mm-hmm. um, who is a little OCD, so sometimes can be a little bossy. Um, I'm not, we don't use that word at my house. We're all leaders. <laughs> yes, yes that's go. good. <laughs> um, there you go. But, yeah, I think that the advice for myself would just be that, like, you can't get where you're going without being who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't look back on my life and think that there are things that I need to change per se mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about being more open-minded and understanding that other people are who they are. Um, but yeah, just embrace yourself. Is yeah. Kind of, yeah, that's good. Kind that's of what good. I would say. So we like to ask everyone this question, but what's the stigma surrounding cannabis you would like to see changed? Hmm. Well, for one, that it is not medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it 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 is. It, um, I would I would like people to take more interest in uh, cannabinoids and terpenes mm-hmm. uh, rather than just THC levels. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you know, uh, the other stigma would be that that you're just because you consume that you're not lazy. Yeah. Because that one is a really difficult for one for people who look at me as a lawyer and understand that, um, I, you know, we kick a lot of ass during the yeah. day. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, do. you get to do, you have your glass of wine at night. I'm going to, I'm going to have my dog walker. Exactly. <laughs> my dog walker. I love um, that. <laughs> well, Kristen, I think this wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing everything with us. It was fun to get to know you better and Thank thrive as a company. Yes. So. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for being here. For those listening and interested in finding out more about Tribe and trying their product, check them out on Instagram at findtribe2.0 and on their website, tribeforlife.com. Thank you again, Kristen, and to all of our beautiful humans listening out there. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Brian, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.